This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, hello and welcome back, or maybe for the first time, to the Behold podcast. If you are a first-time listener, then welcome. We're so glad that you're choosing to use this chunk of time just to join us for this uh, humble conversation we're about to have about God's Word together. My name is Sean, and I got my boy Dan, as always. What's up, everybody? And today we have, we're really truly graced this morning to be in the presence of such a, a beautiful heart and face, yes, Connie fit, Johnson. The face is beautiful too. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I always blush when I come on this. Thanks, guys. How you Hello, doing? everyone. How you doing, Connie? How's... I'm doing really well. Good. I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear it. Now, uh, did you? You just got back from a trip, right? You got to. Er, er, yeah, we did. Was it Korea? Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> what, what did you say? Was it Korea? Oh, I wish. Mm-mm. No, we went to Alabama. What? Uh, uh, we all came roll, back with a little accent. Roll Tide. <laughs> roll Tide. What did they have? Did you guys go? Did you guys go to uh, s- some spring, some Alabama spring football game? Is that what you guys did? Oh, I didn't know they had football in Alabama. Oh, the, oh my gosh! <laughs> they don't, they don't believe all in that. They there. Have there. <laughs> no, we went to the Gulf Shores in Alabama. There were six of us all together, and we went to a Bible conference um, there in a beautiful setting um, conference center. It was on the book of revelation. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Now I heard, I heard for this whole thing, this isn't just a, a deal where you just show up and, and receive. I heard you guys had to do a bunch of prep, like homework and stuff. Is that, I mean, is that Wait, real? Who did you hear this from? Cause I, is somebody pushed, is somebody throwing me under the bus because <laughs> oh, I, did you not do we're, we're getting real on the podcast right now. Oh my right word. Now. I had to confess to several of the ladies, I, I tried really hard, but you know, okay. uh, come on, staff, we have a lot of homework and oh staff. Oh my goodness, people don't even realize they it's They don't oppressive. realize it is. <laughs> Carrie, like, you know, he like... He stacks it, you know, does. higher and, and higher. I'm like, I just did not have time. Pages of essays every week we have to write. Oh my gosh, you just threw me under the bus online. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't do the homework, okay? That's okay, I do. I do appreciate... Your honesty, because you could have just lied, and we would have never known. Except my friends who were there. Yeah, they would have called you. Jesus out. would have known. They, Jesus would definitely. But how know. was the trip? It was so good and so encouraging, guys. I don't know if you've really delved into Revelation. Alabama. Oh. oh no, no, who cares about Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> Revelation. Uh, but this was, you know, it's not. God has us, and it, Revelation is a beautiful book about His glory. And mm-hmm. it's, I have to say, when I got back from Alabama, and then that first time we were all back together in, on Sunday morning, taking communion was elevated for me. Wow. Just seeing the body of Christ going to get the elements and just praising God together, praying together, it was just a beautiful picture of this mm-hmm. is it. This is going to yeah. be eternity. Wow. Well, I think I think Revelation is intimidating for a lot of people because there's a lot of imagery mm-hmm. and there's a lot of you know symbols and, and things going right. on that, and it's like you know it, it's a it's a revision, it's a revelation. So you're like, what do I? How do I make sense of all of it? And so that, I think it's something that's worth worth getting into and trying to figure out, right? Totally. Yeah. So I think that's a good good encouragement, and who knows, maybe it'll be a Sunday morning series coming up here soon. Wow. I don't know. I have no I have no inside knowledge about that. They don't tell me anything around here. But I'm just saying, I think we should maybe. Yeah, I think we should. Oh, it, it, I think it'd be encouraging. That's great. Hundred percent. And yeah. yeah, I feel like I mean even. We get encounter this all the time, even in other stuff that we do t- teach and go through, but there's just so many things that on face value can be really confusing or kind of unclear, like you're talking about. 
And then when we really dig into it, like, oh, this actually makes so much sense. And it's consistent with God's character and his promises. Exactly. And Revelation is like that. So I'd love to... Character and promises. I love that you said that. And I have to say, there was not agreement amongst all of us about exactly how to interpret some of the things. Yeah, or the particulars, right? But that's okay, right? We can have those types of healthy discussions knowing that we're all sisters in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ. Did did, did all the ladies in the conference organize themselves in different (laughs) theological camps and then have like, like, you guys could have had like competitions and like see which one's best. They just sat in circles waiting to see who was going to be raptured first. (laughs) No, I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, um, yeah, they, it, it's it's a healthy conversation. It's cool. one that should be had. That's great. Okay. Well, shout out to all those ladies that accompanied Connie uh, in the Deep South. And uh, I'm sure you guys were all better for it. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, what are we talking about today? Get us get us started. Yeah. Well, man, I think it's fitting because we're talking about, even as you just shared, I was thinking, man, God's glory and his, just the glory that's to come. And we're talking in 2 Corinthians right now in chapter 4. And towards the end of this, which is a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, for for today, but that's where Paul gets into just that, how our suffering is producing that eternal weight of glory for us, you know, and just love thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And then today we're talking more about the specifics of that. Like, man, as we suffer, what does that, what does that do for us? What does that do for Jesus? How do we keep our eyes fixed on him and how we do that, you know, behold him or not can totally make or break whether or not that's a transformative time for us and a glorifying time for God and all those things. So mm-hmm. we're digging into that this morning in Second Corinthians 4, I think 7 through 12 is mm-hmm. our chunk. Yeah. And, and as we're going to get into that, and Charlie did an amazing job of review, right? Because there's a, there's a really significant link from where we ended last week in verse 6 to where we started, you know, this week in verse 7. And I know there were some some things you really liked, Connie, from from that review. And maybe you can kind of launch us, like, because you see the beginning of verse six is is for God, right? It's like this this kind of big statement, and then and then verse seven is starts with "but we have," right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's kind of I think it really needed some of that background to help us understand that full context of that. So, Connie, what were some things you really liked about the review on Sunday, mm-hmm. and how did that land with you? Yeah, I, I I really appreciated Charlie going back to verse verse six um, because there's a natural division in our Bible. Most of our Bibles probably have a verse seven as a new paragraph, but we have to remember that in the original you know letter it was just one long letter, right? And so I love that he went back to verse six to really flesh out what is what does Paul mean by this treasure that we have in our in jars of clay, right? And in verse six. He explains that this treasure is, um, you know, in, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I really loved how Charlie put words around that to say that it's the indwelt knowledge and understanding of God in the face of Jesus that has been internalized into our hearts and that uh, it manifests itself in, our, in the behavior Remember how he brought up knowing about your wife or your spouse mm-hmm. versus really knowing in a loving way, right? It's relational. It's and relational. It, it's experiential. Right. Yeah. I, I thought he did an amazing job with that. And we were we were joking offline earlier that all oh, the answer to everything is Jesus, right? Like so we're asking the question, what is the treasure? Oh, it's just Jesus. Jesus. You know? <laughs> but but to to really think about what are the implications of that, what what realities are true because of of this glory of God in the face of Christ 
being experienced in our hearts, you know, how does that cascade and, and, and move in, in our life? And I thought Charlie did an amazing job, even just backing up even further into chapter two, like just reminding us like, Hey, because God has shown this light of the glory of God in the face of Christ into our hearts, we're in, we're, we're invited into Jesus's victory, right? We're, we're now um, standing in a place where we are pleasing to God. Our life, it, because we're in Christ is pleasing to God. Um, we are standing in this pure gospel, unadulterated, not watered down, not manipulated. We're not under the law anymore. We're under grace, you know, just all these, all these realities. I think, um, he did a great job of pointing to like this, when we talk about the treasure, like Mm -hmm. this is what we're talking about. And I just think, especially because we, we, we get these messages a week apart (laughs) Mm -hmm. and thankfully we have the behold podcast to help (laughs) us link them all together in our brains. But, but it can be, it can be so easy to just kind of compartmentalize. Exactly. So I thought it was really good review as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I love just that the image of the spouse, you know, I think it's an easy kind of tangible thing for all of us to think about. And yeah, it's interesting because I don't remember if Charlie did this here at the crossing or not, but when he did it at the ultimate, he just really emphasized, you know, the, the the truth of reality versus our experience, you know, and man, how we feel about something doesn't change whether or not it's true, you know, like I'm sure we've all had times where we felt hurt by or whatever by our spouses or brothers or sisters or fathers and mothers or whatever it was, but that doesn't change who they are, you know, mm. they, they are who they are, you know, this, this sacred history that I have with Patty for the last eight years of marriage that's that's who she is, mm-hmm. you know? And if I'm mad at her this week, I'm not. But if I was, that doesn't change who she is for those eight years, you know? But we get into that trap so often with Jesus for whatever reason, you know? We're not feeling like things are going our way or we're not feeling like something happening happening to us should be happening or doesn't feel right. We People question, oh, God must not be loving me right now or Jesus mm-hmm. must not be present right now or the Holy Spirit isn't whatever, working in my heart right now. But man, it's so important to come back to that treasure is there, whether we're feeling like it or not. We have this treasure. It exists. The answer is Jesus, all of Jesus, not just Sunday school Jesus, you know? So I love that kind of that, that lens as we're about to talk about suffering and hardships and all kind of stuff of just, man, this is why we can go through those things and have joy and have hope and give glory to God and all those things. Because even though we're feeling this way or that way, man, Jesus is Jesus, right? Well, and isn't that so great? I mean, just the un, the unchanging nature of who Jesus is. And I think we all would, would do well to remember who's, who, who is the Holy Spirit using to write these words to us, right? Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul, I mean, this, this was a man who suffered many, many trials, who was, was beaten and people threw rocks at him and he was kicked out of cities and he was, I mean, he had opponents and detractors and people who just thought he was nothing. And I mean, he was shipwrecked and lost and and all these things like he really did suffer a lot, but he's writing this saying, man, we got to just keep our eyes on Jesus, keep trusting in him, keep basking in his glory and the Holy Spirit will will do his work. And and, and because those are the, because that's what doesn't change, right? If we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, then we're going to be solid. We're going to be like glued to the rock. As opposed to, oh, I'm thinking about all the suffering. I'm thinking about how I'm feeling in the mm-hmm. suffering. And then all of a sudden you're on sinking sand, right? I think our feelings can be so misleading so often. And mm-hmm. what you were saying about, you know, feeling 
like your your history with with Patty and knowing this is who Patty is, this is who I love, but there are situations where you're disagreeing about something or you, there's just a misunderstanding or something and and our our feelings can go kind of sideways. And I was talking to somebody this morning who um you know, she and her husband have had issues and, and they're now coming back together and they've been texting these really sweet messages. And I said, I think you should take a picture of all that and remind yourself every now and then, go back and look at it and say, this is who he is. Because behaviors go up and down, our feelings go up and down. And um, we have to remind ourselves, okay, this is the person I love. Just like we do with the Lord Jesus, like you're saying, beholding the Lord we go back to the letter that he wrote us, you know, mm-hmm. the word to say, this is who the Lord is. I may not feel close to him right now, but I know that this is true. And it's so countercultural, you know, I feel, I think, and this is, what I'm about to say is not me bagging on anybody out there who does anything in particular, but even take Paul, for example, or this couple, you know, nowadays it's really common for that situation instead of just doing that, beholding the, the beauty of their restoration and and focusing on the, the positive sides of that, it'd be totally expectable to, to see that woman and that married couple create a blog now about hard marriages, you know, and create make a Christian vlog about how God is healing us and then keep rehashing all these hardships they've been through, you know? Mm-hmm. Or look at Paul. Like, man, Paul, yeah, he will list some of his hardships, but it's always through the lens of God's glory in that. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like his writings about how he suffered compared to all of the writings about God's glory, it doesn't even compare, you know? Mm-hmm. But modern day Paul would totally be this like motivational speaker about how much he's suffered Mm -hmm. in life, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that's kind of the culture we're living in. We were very focused on, on feelings as opposed to just truth, just the reality, reality of truth. So I think we gotta be just aware of that and how we're kind of processing our feelings, like you're saying, because even in subtle ways, even if we're not into that kind of stuff still, I think we all have that tendency to kind of even in, in positive ways, like say we want to use that as a lesson to instruct other people and help them, that's a good thing. And yet, even in that process, we can get too hung up on what our feelings are in that versus just the reality of who God is, right? Mm. That reminds me of Philippians 3 when you were saying, I mean, Paul did write about some things that he suffered, mm-hmm. but he didn't dwell on it. That wasn't his identity. And, you know, in, in Philippians 3 where he says, you know, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal. Mm. And and that is that pressing on, you know, forcing his eyes back on Jesus and beholding him. Back to verse eighteen. Eighteen, mm-hmm. yeah. And the the thing for me is, it's like, yeah. What is what is your message? That that is what's kind of tell you like what you're treasuring. If you're treasuring your th- this human triumph story of. You overcame and uh, we survived and now we're whatever. And you become this motivational speaker. Well, then all of a sudden, where's the glory? You know, where, where where's the treasure? It's on you and your experience, right? Mm. As opposed to what we see here in this text of, no, it's Jesus and his gospel. That's mm-hmm. the treasure. And it's about this indwelt relational knowledge of God's glory mm-hmm. as we as we have the spirit of Jesus living in us. And... And I think one of the one of the things I wrote down from Sunday is just, and I think this is like true just in life. This is like a truism: is there's power in purity. What do you guys think about that? Like this idea of 
when, when something is just it, it's authentic self or it's authentic purpose, the, the thing that it's unadulterated, it's not watered down, it's not hyped up in any way. It's just pure. There, there's power in that, right? There, in authentic, in, in authenticity, and really, to me, that's that's when we talk about um, our life story and the suffering we've experienced, and then the pure message of the gospel. I mean, that's where the power is. I think is is it's not um, in the vessel, right? It's in the the purity mm-hmm. of the treasure, the message. Yeah. What do you guys think about yeah, that? Well, yeah. it's, I, another way of saying that is just truth is powerful, you know. Yeah. And the more the more pure it is, the more true it is. If we're talking, especially the mm-hmm. gospel, you know. Yeah. And yeah, we get like, I feel like as leaders in ministry, we just run into this all the time. And like you and me as music guys, we run into this all the time with songs we sing and all kind of stuff. And just yesterday, there's a song that I'm going over and reading the lyrics because I'm singing it soon. And it, it's just funny walking through that process of like. Man, how how pure is pure enough? <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? <laughs> and it's hard because we're talking about songs that are poetic and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And there's a lot of inferring of meanings and all kind of thing, things. But I feel like sometimes we just draw the line at, well, if it's not blatant heresy, then it's it's fine, you know? But then I had that same kind of process. It's just like, well, but no, like purity is powerful in the songs we're singing, you know, just the pure gospel and so, yeah, I kind of go back and forth with that because sometimes I, I, I totally get it. I'm like, yeah, there's beauty in poeticism. There's mm-hmm. beauty in, in analogies. There's beauty in imagery and all that kind of stuff. But you just got to be careful because sometimes that just bleeds into being unpure then as far as the real meaning of the gospel. So, yeah, I or totally. Or trite. Yeah, or trite. It's a good mm-hmm. word. Yeah, and you know that just focusing on the power like you were saying, Dan, um, if you go back to that verse 6, it says, Paul compares the power. He says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts. So what's that? That's creation power. That's mm. power, mm. powerful power. And it's the same power that, that he has used to bring us to himself. You yeah. know, and, and that's the power that we have in the gospel, in the purity mm. of the gospel when we speak it, without trying to be poetic necessarily or trite or, you know, or friendly for outsiders. Yeah. We need to be bold. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, what, what the world responds to is, and I think especially now, I almost feel like there's a, there's kind of a new hunger for not the glitzy a big production lights and, and Mm -hmm. smoke and lasers. Like I think there, there's a generation right now that's like just wanting something authentic, Mm -hmm. wanting, just tell me, Hey, what is, what is the deal here? You know, like, and then let me decide, you know, that's so good. Um, and so I, I just think it's, there, there's definitely an allure to, like, like we've real. seen to be peddlers of God's word and be like, mm. Hey, let's, let's talk about how cool this is. And like, you know, let's, let's really put the, put on this display in this production as opposed to just saying, Hey, let me just tell you what, what Jesus has done for you. <laughs> let me just tell you who God is mm. and how you can see that in the face of Christ. And yeah. Uh, and, and it really, I think part of the, the message on Sunday was just this stark contrast between that the power of the pure gospel and and the the vessel with which God chooses to put that glory 
And so maybe we can we can get into that idea of jars of clay. I mean, talk about being poetic, you know, but, but <laughs> this, th- what a beautiful like imagery for us. And uh, where did that where did that land with you guys? Like what was what was striking to you about that contrast? Well, yeah, yeah, it is poetic. Jars of Clay. Uh, isn't there a band named that? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> great. Oh, that's a great, like, early 90s Christian band. Like, oh, my gosh. Clay, like uh, Charlie was mentioning, is brittle. You know, it's it's very unpolished. And I think people think of, um, right away, they're like, oh, it's our bodies because we're frail and we're getting older and we're falling apart and all that. And that's, I think that's true. Hey, speak for yourself. Okay, oh, okay, I'm, no, okay. I'm doing fine. <laughs> You're young. You're like, what? Oh, goodness. Anyway, um, but I think it's kind of going back to verse six again. It says that God has shown in our hearts to give us our heart, the light of the knowledge. And remember, heart, as we um, have hammered, I think, many times is, is thinking, feeling, and choosing, right? All of those things are part of our heart. And that heart, as we know, like we said, are super fickle. We go back and forth and we feel things one day and another things other day. But yet God has us and he's the one who put these this knowledge into our hearts and this love into our hearts. And we can trust that he will carry us through, even though we're clay. Mm, mm. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking about that ideal a lot the last couple of weeks of just the treasure in the jars of clay and thinking about God's intentions, you know, in, in, in designing us this way and designing his plan for the gospel that way, because he is God. He could have planned that to look however he wanted to look like, you know, and he could have put us in diamond vessels that can't be broken ever. You know what I mean? And it's easy to say for some people, Oh, that would be glorious, even better. But, but man, God is so just wise and kind and faithful in that because in, in doing so, it's not just, Oh, you have hope, even though we're brittle, you have hope, but it's like, man, God, if he's putting this, this amazing treasure, this treasure that is literally life itself in these weak vessels. And then he's saying to us, let my light shine forth in the world. I think what he's telling us is, Hey, by design, I'm, I'm, I'm making you to be broken Mm -hmm. so that you can reveal this Mm -hmm. treasure to the world, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was talking to someone last week and you know, they were a little bit unfamiliar with pottery, I guess, or in terms of age. It seemed like a weird analogy for them, you know? So we started talking about the analogy of a pinata instead. Mm. You know, imagine that you're this pinata and literally, it's not candy inside of you. It is literally life. It is eternal life for everyone on the earth. Like it is life itself inside of you. And if you're a pinata in this situation, it would be really strange if you spent a lot of your time and energy worrying about... Uh, not being hit by a bat, you know, mm. that'd be a weird thing to do. It would be strange for you to be consumed with, man, how am I going to avoid getting hit by a bat? You know, how am I going to make sure I can stay in the string long enough for, how, for what I want to do and all that stuff? No, it's like, but your, your literal purpose is to be broken so that this treasure can be shared with others, mm. you know? And Paul says that in this, in this chapter four, and I think mm. verse 15, he says, as, as God's grace is, is shared with more and more people, man, this is the beauty of it, that mm. it'll build Thanksgiving in your heart because it's for God's glory. Mm. And I just love that idea of thinking about 
Because we all have stuff. We all got our mm. sufferings. You know, we all got our hard things that are, are burdens on our heart. Or, or or things that we're we're just bad at. Like you know, or, or like things that we we get bent out of shape about, or things yeah. that we take super personally, or or things that we're just. Um, you know, we hurt people, right? So like, like, cause I, I think it's not just our sufferings. It's also our weaknesses, right? Yeah. We're weak vests for a hundred percent. And I think about that and it's like, man, I think that the vessels countenance in being weak or being broken again, it's like, man, that, that we have, we have a potential and we can either use it for God's glory or not, you know? Yeah. And the way that we go through that stuff, man, like I'm totally guilty of this. I think we all are of just suffering bad, mm-hmm. you know, of just being whiners about the things mm-hmm. we don't like. And then, mm-hmm. I know that right now Paul's talking a lot about specifically persecution, but I think that this extends to in general, just, just suffering as Christians and going through hardship as Christians. Like we just, we're so much like the world so often and just being whining about the things that we don't like, you know, mm-hmm. or about just, just overemphasizing, Oh, the, I'm still dealing with this thing, you know? Versus using that as an opportunity to, to 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 glorify God and talk about that treasure we have, yeah. you know, and it's unfortunate because I even though even for us in ministry, it's like we're talking about this stuff every single day, and yet still I think that we all miss opportunities every single day to give God glory as His weak vessels to boast in His strength while we're talking about our weaknesses and things we're bad at, like you said, yeah. or things we're struggling with, or, or whatever it is. So, well, I, th- I think that's so great, and and just for clarity's sake, like. In, in the pinata analogy, like getting hit with the baseball bat is not like you're dying or anything or like mm-hmm. your life is being destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like, hey, we're all going to take our lumps in life and we all have our struggles and our weaknesses. Right. And and it's only when those things happen that we can show the glory that we have inside of us. Right. Because, I mean, that's the other thing about about jars of clay is they they are fragile and brittle and, and they crack and they break often. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that if you have a cracked jar that you're going to throw that jar away. It just means that what's inside that you're going to be able to see it better. It's going to be able to leak out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you think about the glory of Jesus and his gospel indwelling us, I mean, we want that to, 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 to shine forth. We want that to, to leak out. And I think about this in, in relationships where, um, I try to be someone who I've trained myself, I think, to be someone who keeps like short accounts, mm-hmm. right? If I if I was angry with someone unjustly or if I um, hurt somebody because of the way I said something or or whatever, I, I, like, I, I like to be some – I carry that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I need to go make it right mm-hmm. with that person, you know? And I think about moments like that as an opportunity for the glory to leak out because Mm -hmm. I'm going to show to that person, Hey, I'm, I kind of suck. You know what I mean? Like I'm frail. I'm frail. Like I, I blew it. I'm imperfect. Mm -hmm. And, and those are gospel moments, Mm -hmm. right? Because we can say, that's why we need Jesus. And that's why we need someone to forgive us and and save us and redeem us from the way we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in this moment, I, I wasn't representing who I am, you know? I, I, I love the pinata thing and then how you brought up, Dan, that this is not, we're not destroying, killing the pinata, like right, as right. a pinata, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, so it reminds me of that verse, like uh, we are afflicted, but not crushed. We're not crushing, we're not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. 
and persecuted but not forsaken and struck down but not destroyed mm. right we that is an opportunity for us to the suffering the the that comes every, in everybody's life it really is to showcase who god is and i want to somebody asked in our resurrection group last night and it really touched me this um this gentleman is a fairly new believer and he said so when you go through suffering, how do you change the way you feel mm. and how how you're going through it emotionally? Mm. Yeah, because maybe you're grumpy or or you're 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 or maybe depressed yeah maybe you're grumpy, it. maybe you're angry, maybe you're sad, maybe yeah. you're just depressed. Like, how do you change? that yeah and cool. what did you tell him i'm sure you gave him this, oh, uh, this I, amazing I, mind blowing no answer. i just i would listen to other people you know and yeah. then i started to talk and i just started to weep because it, suffering is not easy mm. and i don't know that jesus is saying to us uh, you need to be chipper and you need to be like don't worry about how you suffer i mean or you don't let people know you're suffering i don't think so yeah jesus was in the garden in anguish man of sorrows sometimes we have to go through anguish and sadness mm. and i don't know that jesus is saying yeah clean that up i think what what we need to to focus on is not we don't put our fist to god yeah. and say how dare you do this to me or, well, well and here's the deal like this, i think this is just a human reality everybody suffers mm -hmm. right now there there are some some things that we're going to experience as followers of Christ because of our unity with Christ. People, there's going to be mixed reviews in the world. There's going to be some people who hate us because because of Jesus, right? But don't you just feel like suffering is just a part of the human experience, right? Everybody goes through things that are hard, mm -hmm. and what I think this this um, this glory, the way that it shows, is how we endure it, how we do it differently. Right. Because we do it with, with a hope. Mm -hmm. We do it with a peace. Mm -hmm. We do it knowing that there's a, there's a greater purpose to mm -hmm. the suffering. And I don't know. I mean, uh, that is very noticeable in the world, especially Sean, based on what you were saying, right? That I think it's very, it's very like um, popular now and, and accepted to just kind of complain and just like, you know, just say what you don't like about whatever, you know, the world. And for us to just come in and say, for our neighbors to see us, wow, you're dealing with this really challenging situation with, with your, with your child. Mm -hmm. You seem so peaceful about it. What, what, what is that all about? Oh my goodness. You guys are under this incredible financial strain, but you, mm -hmm. you, you carry on with, with this confidence. Mm -hmm. Like what, what is that all about? Mm -hmm. Or you, you kind of get what I'm saying. It's mm -hmm. like, as we go through the hardship that people just experience in life, mm -hmm. there's going to be a difference between how we do it and how the world does it. Well, I think it goes back to just the thing about people seeking authenticity and that's really what it is. You know, I think it's easy for people who are life is great to go to church and to say, Oh, I, this is what gets me through it all that stuff. But it's when the, the times get hard. That's when, when the gospel is proven to be authentic, you know, it's, that's what's proven to be pure. Like you were saying, because that's what otherwise it doesn't make sense. The world's got all its ways of coping with hardship, but none of them will ever compare to Jesus. And so that's the difference maker when you're having those conversations. That's um, right. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I think about a lot with kind of what you guys are both talking about, like how we go through it well, you know, how we suffer, but do it well is just, you know, 
with our hearts and our speech and our minds, um, you know, how selfish are we as we're going through it? You know, as we're suffering, how much are we processing that and thinking about that through the lens of me, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, versus how much is it us clinging to God and reaching out to him and and entrusting things to God. And of course, so you're talking to someone like, you're not going to say, oh, I'm not going through anything. Of course, because of course you are. Mm-hmm. But if your countenance and your anguish is so tied to your personal hurt versus you know, what's going on, it's just, I think it's an easy trap for us all to fall into, even in sneaky ways. Even if it's not these big, really hard life mm-hmm. suffering type things, even little frustrations we have mm-hmm. or that coworker we don't like or that mm-hmm. thing we want to see that's changed. It's just like we, we get too hung up on what. I want today versus God, what are you telling me I need to be doing today? You know, and that totally carries into how we can rejoice in suffering is because we're just, we're open-handed, we're entrusting it to God and letting him do yeah. his work. Well, I think, I think that's actually really, really good. It makes me think of uh, Philippians four because, you know, just on that thing of like, okay, I'm, I'm going through this trial and I'm feeling a certain type of way about it. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not in rhythm with God's heart. And I know that, the way I'm feeling about it is going to show up in, in my actions and it's not going to represent this treasure well. Right. So I want to change the way I feel. And I think there's some really great things for us in, in Philippians four, you know, just where, uh, so, so Paul's talking about anxiety, right? Like don't be anxious about Mm -hmm. anything, Mm -hmm. but in everything through Thanksgiving and, and with prayer, make your request known to God mm-hmm. and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so there's, there's this, and then even before that, it's, it talks about rejoicing always, mm-hmm. right? Even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And so I think that's a there's a great little like pattern for us to follow there. It's like, okay, I'm going to live with, I'm going to train myself to, to live with joy. And, it, and it's not always going to be this chipper attitude all the time. Like it's more of a settled, you know, just a uh, peaceful, calm state. And then I also think too, a lot of times when, when I am feeling a certain type of way about my suffering, gratitude is such a powerful weapon to fight against that. Because even if there's 10 really hard things happening at once, I can always think of 50 Probably if I sit down and really think about it and write it down, I could think of at least 50 or or 80 or a hundred things to be grateful about that God is doing either in general in the world or specifically in my life. And I think when we, when we focus, when we choose to focus on gratitude, it can really change the way we feel. So good. And then I also think there's another thing that, that in that passage, like to talk about prayer, because what does prayer do? It takes that focus off of us mm-hmm. and it puts it on to, to God and to others, right? Because when, when we pray and petition God, we, we share with him what, what our, what our, what we're struggling with, what our mm-hmm. desires are. And all of a sudden we're, our gaze is, is, is focused upward. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's another great opportunity to say, you know what, in the midst of my suffering, like I'm, I'm wanting God to heal me physically because I have cancer or because I've got this severe chronic pain or whatever. And I'm not going to, I'm still going to pray that to other people. But, but I think a lot of times when we, when we are meeting with God in prayer, it gives us the opportunity to maybe think about what are the prayer needs of others in our life? And that can change the way we feel too, because again, we're taking 
our eyes off of our circumstances and we're putting them on to what it's perspective. We're putting them on to what other people are dealing with as well. And there's a promise attached to it. God said he will give you peace if you do these things. Yeah. And so, so for that, that guy that asked it, maybe, maybe that's a helpful pattern to follow. That yeah. is a great pattern. Well, and I yeah. love that you, cause even you, you kind of separated them, but they're even the same. You said the gratitude thing, which is so mm-hmm. true. And Nate said that on Sunday, he's like, you can't be mad at someone while you're grateful for that person. It doesn't mm-hmm. work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but to that person, cause I, you, I feel like you'll hear that sometimes from people of, oh, well, I'm praying and I'm not feeling anything or I am praying. That's not working, you know? Yeah. But there's even some qualifiers in that Philippians passage. It's not just pray, but it's pray supplication. So bring those things to God and ask him for specific things. And with thanksgiving, which you said, that's the gratitude part. Is don't just pray, but you got to pray, make those things known to God with thanksgiving. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we get into prayer and it's always like, God, I'm, I'm so <laughs> hurting right now. And those are important things. But for this thing he's promising, you know, the guarding with the peace, he's saying, if you want, if you want that, you got to do it like this. Make all your requests known to me with thanksgiving, and in return, I will guard your heart and your mind. Yeah. And Paul completely, beautifully, um, you know, in that verse uh, 12, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, where he talks about the thorn in the flesh, mm. he models that for us. You know, he asks, he petitions God and asks him to take it away. And, um, and, and, Dan, you were saying, you know, it's we can always think of things that God that we can be grateful to God for, mm. right? But in that um, passage, we can be thankful for the actual trial, for the actual mm, suffering. That's really good because He said, "I will boast in my with glad gladness <laughs> in my weaknesses." Yeah, and um, there is a beautiful testimony by Helen Rosevere that's in that My Heart Unveiled study. And she was going through a terrible situation. You can read about it in the in the study or you can look it up on Google. But in the midst of incredible, excruciating suffering, she said, I changed my heart toward that suffering and said, this is a privilege that I get to participate in Christ's suffering wow. through this suffering. You know, that's that's uh, a whole lot new level. His, <laughs> his power is made perfect in our weakness. Yes. And, and why is that? It's because you know that God's glory is being revealed. That's right. That reminds you of 1 Peter 4. Yeah. Presumably, Peter, like I think for 13, right? rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings. And why? Because God's glory is being revealed, mm-hmm. which makes it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because that, because verse seven is like, it goes back to why, why would God put his glory in, in such earthen, fragile, you know, leaky vessels? And it's to show that the surpassing glory belongs to God, not man. And okay. yeah, I just think that. That is, I don't know, one of the things that, that has just been kind of resonating for me since Sunday is just this simple reality. Life is not about me. Mm. You know, it's about, it's about God and his glory, like working in me and through me. And I don't know, I think it's a little bit of a, a yo-yoing thing for me, just to be honest, like where I, I, you know, God gets my attention and he's like, Hey, come on, it's not about you, you know? And then I'm like, all right, all right. And then, and then, you know, slowly I start, I start going back to just, I don't know, just being self-centered and focused on, on me and what I want. And, um, it was just a good reminder on Sunday that it's not about that. And, Mm um, yeah, I, I think the more we can embrace that, I think then we, we kind of expect the suffering. Right. It's like, okay, it's going to come like, and, and, and being geared up for it, having your expectation, you know, 
you, you got your game face on, you're ready for it. And so when it comes, it's not this like shock. It's not, mm-hmm. you, you don't know what to, to do. Ah, you know, it's like, okay, no, this is what, yeah. this is, this is how I can now show God's glory to mm-hmm. the people in my life that are, I got the eyeballs on me, you know? Well, it's yeah. like, it's like that you've heard that, like that, that analogy of, oh, that's the problem with a living sacrifice is that it can keep crawling off the altar. You got to drag it back. Yeah. It's just the human condition. I think everyone has to deal with that kind of ping ponging that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, That's that fickle heart or jar yeah. of clay. Yeah. All right. So it's not just me. That's good. That's encouraging to hear. Wow. I believe I said yo-yoing, not ping ponging, by the way, but. Well, I'm Korean, so <laughs> deal with it. You guys don't like yo-yos? <laughs> Do we? I don't know. Sean? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I am confident. I, this might be bad to say. I'm confident like the, the world champion yo-yo is probably an Asian guy. So maybe it's okay. <laughs> it could be. I'm just a wild guess, you know. <laughs> Anyways, all you listening, I think this is a great segue because we're talking, especially that, that Philippians 4 chunk of just that process of, man, you got hardship. You're anxious about stuff. Bring it before the Lord. You know, and do it with Thanksgiving, and then He will respond with with guarding you with, with the peace of, of Christ. Um, and we have a great opportunity to do that this week all together, right? Because mm-hmm. tomorrow, which is May fifth, is the National Day of Prayer. Bingo. Now I don't know about you guys, but in my own sphere, in my own uh, circles, I feel like there's a lot to pray about in our nation right now. And so, man, we got to do that together mm-hmm. and there's a lot of opportunities to get involved tomorrow from eight to nine we're going to be having a corporate time of prayer and worship together and from 12 to 1 we're having a corporate time of prayer and worship together from 7 to eight thirty, we're having a corporate time of prayer and worship together and pretty much all the hours in between we're going to have the building open for individual uh devotion and prayer and doing that philippians 4 process and so yeah just everything we talked about today like Whatever the issue that you, it's on your heart, you need to pray, pray for. Maybe it's uh, COVID stuff. Maybe it's you know your own personal hardships and finances and all that stuff. Maybe you're really uh, your heart is heavy with all the Roe versus Wade stuff this week. You know, is a beautiful opportunity for us to together bring those things before the Lord out of a, from a place that's not focused on us. You know, of just entrusting these things to God as a church family together, coming before Him and saying, "Lord, we know You're in control." We entrust this to you and we just seek your help in these situations. And as we do that, like you said, in Philippians four, God's going to respond. He's going to give us that peace that we're we're all seeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously we'd love to have you in person join us for any of those times or all of those times or as much as you can do. But those corporate uh, sessions, you know, from, from eight to nine, 12 to one and from seven to eight 30 PM, those are going to be live streamed as well. So if you, uh, aren't able to uh, be there in person, but maybe you can take a lunch break at your at your your work, and maybe walk out into you know the courtyard or the garden or wherever, and and just kind of connect and pray with us in that way. We'd love to have you join us, um, or even if you want to watch it back later in the day and or, or or in the day the coming days after that. I think that can be a potentially unifying thing for us as well. So. Mm. Connie, slap mm. him with some wisdom before we sign off. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I think we were talking offline about corporate prayer, and I just, um, I heard heard a recent um, ask Pastor John about 
why why is it important that we pray with other people? You know, where it says two or three gather, there I am. Yeah. Of course, God is with us when we pray individually in our mm. closets. Yeah. But he had uh, he just said something really beautiful I'd never really thought of, and he said there's there is something about corporate worship, corporate prayer that is. It's not that God's listening more, mm. but there, but are we are united and, and and there's a there's a sense of even us just like the three of us talking. Yeah. Okay, I could be thinking about all these things by myself, and that would be powerful. Yeah, but there's something about coming together the, and there's bouncing. An energy, you're there's an energy. Yeah. There's a there's a power there yeah. that God is more glorified even if we could say that. So I think corporate prayer is. Um, is so important mm-hmm. and honoring and glorifying to God. So let's do more of it. Yes. And we will starting. Well, I mean, not starting, but <laughs> continuing on Thursday and, and continuing on and on and on and on and on. Amen. But mostly tomorrow. See you there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Check you out tomorrow at the day of prayer on Sunday, at both campuses. And then of course, next week again for behold. Peace. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.